You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz. And one of the most highly anticipated dates of 2023's calendar year is this Friday, July 21st, otherwise known as the day that both Barbie and Oppenheimer hit all the theaters. The release of both films on the same day created an internet phenomenon known as Barbenheimer. And as if that wasn't enough drama, the writers and actors strike too has just started. And we're going to touch on all of that. So we're now speaking to Jeevan Sanga, editor-in-chief at 5X Press. Jeevan, Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. So there is so much happening in the world of Hollywood. I don't even know where to start, but I'll say let's start with the the story that everybody's talking about. We had the writer's strike that I think it's almost been about two months since that kicked off, but now the actors are on strike as well in Hollywood. So what do we know so far, Jeevan? Yeah, so, I mean, this, first of all, the strike that the actors and the writers are going on at the same time is really a big deal. Actors and writers together in the Screen Actors Guild of America and the Writers Guild of America or the Writers of America Guild, they haven't gone on strike together since the eighties and it was a big, big strike the last time they went on. Um, they decided to take to the picket lines. Now in the eighties, why that strike happened was because of something similar that we're seeing now was there was this new system of being able to view media at home. At the time it was cassettes. Um, and at home, like, different kinds of viewing devices, radio and all that other stuff. And actors weren't getting compensated for the number of times that people were playing their work that they were involved in at home. And so writers and and, um, actors went on strike to be able to get their fair pay. Now we're seeing a similar shift. We're seeing that happen with streaming. And writers and actors aren't being able to get compensated because streaming services aren't counting how many times uh, folks are playing you know, replaying and rewatching their shows and movies, you know, years after. We think of shows like Gossip Girl and shows like Gilmore Girls, for example, that are really popular, but they're from, you know, a different era. They're from over 10, 20 years ago now, but they've got these, these big renaissances happening through streaming networks. So Friends, for example, was a big one, too, that when it came to Netflix, everyone was watching. But actors and writers aren't getting their fair share, share of that. So this is what essentially a lot of the writers and actors are hoping to get is fair compensation for the work that they created. And, you know, that's the thing. It makes me definitely look at the streaming services very differently because you just kind of, I mean, I assume, okay, yeah, they're going to go by the same set of rules. And I noticed one of the big things is residual pays, right? Payment. That seems to be the big thing that people want, right? So when people rewatch a show, then payment would go directly, you know, to those who are involved. Is that correct? Yeah, totally. And so when we think about a world that was previously dominated by network television, it was really easy to have reruns. So usually you would see a show air for the first time, let's say Fridays at 6 p.m. on ABC. And then they would play three or four old episodes throughout the week in their filler hours. But for each time it was played by the network, they essentially kind of have to buy it. And that money would go into a certain amount would go to a writer, a producer, an actor, um, at varying degrees, and so that they could continue to make money from their art as long as it's popular enough to be back on television. And so with streaming, so that those residual checks would come in, actors are con- would continue to get paid years and years and years after they were involved in a project, even if they were like an extra. Um, whereas now, those checks are really little. Uh, actors, very, very popular actors, for example, Mandy Moore from This Is Us, says that she gets like less than a dollar in residuals from her time. She might have been paid a lot up front as the lead of a show, but she's not able to sustain her career with times with time off of acting and, and 
as you know, the creative industries are quite precarious. It's hard to find work. And so a lot of actors and writers really rely on those residual checks when they do have the opportunity to work on a show that's successful because they don't know when another opportunity is going to come again. Exactly. And I have to say, it's really significant that the um, president of the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television Radio Artists, is Fran Drescher, right? Because Drescher comes from that period of time where, you know, there was residual pay, like she could make money and now she's the president. So she kind of knows what these changes have done, the consequences of streaming, and she is not holding back. So, I mean, what do you make of the fact that, you know, Fran Drescher is in this position? If you don't know who Fran Drescher is, for those who aren't familiar, she was on the show The Nanny. So that's how we all know her. From. But now she is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I mean, she has been quite voracious as the leader, and she's been really in those rooms with the CEOs, with Bob Iger, who has made some, who's the CEO of Disney, mm-hmm. one of the CEOs of Disney, um, and really trying to hold them to account here. And I think, yeah, you know, Fran Jesher was in this, like, huge hit show. I, I think it was in the 90s. It's a great show, The Nanny. Um, and she was probably able to live off those checks for a really long time. The Nanny used to play when I was a kid, probably 10 years, 15 years. It's still on TV on some channels. And she was able to, like, make a decent amount of money so she didn't have to be looking for work all the time. So she understands what it means. And also, you know, when we think of actors, a lot of the times we think of, like, the elite actors. We think of the ones who are movie stars. And we forget that movies and television shows are made from all the other people who are acting in the scene, people who are supporting characters, people who are extras, people who are, you know, out there auditioning, getting any role that they can on their way up to becoming these big stars. And so without all those intermediate people and people who are entering the industry, we don't have the art that we like to consume. And it's a similar thing with writing, too. Um, With writers' rooms, typically the way it, it was traditionally structured was there would be experienced, a few experienced writers, a few intermediate writers, and then one or two, like, fresh beginners writers because they were constantly thinking about bringing in new people into the workforce. And with the shift to streaming, they've been making mini-rooms, which have been four, four writers in a room writing a few episodes, and they're all experienced writers. And so beyond it being, you know, difficult to make the work well and make really good quality television, we're also not cultivating a new generation of creative people who can afford to keep doing this work. And that's really, really important to keep in mind is that they're really striking for a minimum wage. No, exactly. And I mean, when you hear more and more of the stories, it is very heartbreaking. And I mean, the other component, Jeevan, that I I really want to touch on here is AI. Okay, just when we thought AI was already freaking us out, I was hearing stories about potentially, you know, with artificial intelligence, we think of the background actors, right, that show up on set every day. They're saying there's technology out there that could basically allow AI to scan those background actors and they only have to come in for basically one day and then they'd be able to use them for the rest of filming. So how important is it also to address the issue of artificial intelligence in the world of entertainment? Yeah, I think it's super important. I mean, stuff like that is really, it's really black mirror. It's really scary. Um, It also, like, brings in a lot of really important conversations about consent, about, um, you know, there are actors who have said that, like, they've undergone this process without actually fully realizing what they've agreed to, um, and understanding, like, who owns whose image, and also, like, the quality of work. It also has less to do with, like, okay, is this a technology that we want to use? And, like, do we care about people? And do we care about the art that they want to make? Like, 
yes, of course, we want to make, like, I mean, capitalism wants us to make things as effectively as possible with as little cost as possible. So a robot is going to be cheaper than, like, caring for a human being. But what kind of world do we want to live in? Do we want to be in a world that values creativity and compensates creativity fairly? Because our world is, it survives on art. Like, what really would this world be if we didn't have access to books and, and television and music and all these other things that, you know, make us feel connected and human? It's, it's a bigger question than um, just technology. It comes down to really, like, what kind of world do we want to create and live in? And I think AI is extremely complex in that way, and, and it's, in a lot of ways, really, really scary. Exactly. I think that's why, you know, for these writers and actors sort of coming together, I think this is such an important moment in our history. And I think, you know, I feel like, do you think with also having sort of the actors behind it that people are going to pay, you know, more attention? Because, you know, I've been hearing, you know, with the writers, we don't know their faces. But when you've got these famous faces behind this movement, do you think it's going to move things forward? I really hope so. I mean, I think there's strength in numbers. I think um, what, like, people don't also realize is all of your favorite shows are now going to have to halt production. You know, there's, there's, if this strike continues and if the studios aren't willing to give the writers and the actors um, what they deserve, your favorite show is not coming back for season two. It might not even be renewed. By the time they get the funding, they might not be able to do it anymore. And um, all that money that they get to make off of other people's work, it, it's a non-issue. And I think one thing that often comes up is like, oh my goodness, like, especially from CEOs, like, they're halting production. They, there will be reports that we're losing $1.5 billion based on the strike. And my response to that would be, if they're losing this much money, you should pay them for what they're worth. Like, they should be paid as if their jobs matter, and they should be paid as if their work is valuable. If it's going to lose you that much money, then they deserve to be paid enough to want to stay there. Uh, you know, this is this is a really big story. I could talk about this for you for a while, Jeevan, but we're going to shift gears here, of course, because you've got two big movies that are coming out this Friday, Oppenheimer and Barbie, and even them two. We were watching both those movies, having these really big promotions, but now they're off because of the strike, but the movies are still going to come out. So how are you feeling about the fact that we've got these two ginormous movies coming out this weekend? It's definitely exciting, especially in, you know, a world that's still adjusting to coming back to theaters. Like, I think for a long time it's been like, oh, I'm just going to stay home. And obviously that was um, due to the pandemic and things are starting to transition outwards. And there hasn't really been, at least for me, other than maybe Bataan, like a big rush to go to the theaters. Um, so I think just this idea of, like, people buying a ticket and enjoying a movie together in that atmosphere is super exciting to me. I think it is. And I wanted to get your thoughts, too, just specifically on the Barbie moving. Okay, the movie... I have to say the marketing has been next level for this movie. Like, I can't remember a movie having such incredible marketing. So I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, Barbie's whole approach. Yeah, I think it's really an interesting tool. I think, like, I've been reading a lot about it, and I've been thinking a lot about Barbie. And, you know, Barbie, at the end of the day, yes, it's a brand, but it's, it's an item. It's, it's a product that we consume, and we get to, you know, our kids play with it. We played with it as kids. Um, I think it's really interesting that they're marketing the Barbie movie more to adults than to children as this way to sort of play on nostalgia. And, you know, for those of us who have kids or are thinking of having kids or have nieces and nephews or younger people in our lives, re revisiting that idea of bar buying our kid a Barbie and like, oh, it's fun. But I think really, like, it's interesting how Barbie sells, like, consumerism. You know, there's all these different kinds of 
versions of us that we want to be and and um, Barbie kind of feeds into that and I think that they've been doing a really interesting job of building like you know a Malibu Barbie dream house just shows up somewhere in LA or you know there's a pink um, phone booth in in London that shows up in the middle of nowhere like they're getting really creative with it um, and it's I think it's fascinating that people are talking more almost about the marketing of the movie than the movie itself. <laughs> it's so true. I'm so guilty of that because I've really been admiring it all. And if anything, it just makes me want to wear all my pink clothing again. So I'm just like super excited. So the big question I have for you, Jeevan, are you team Oppenheimer or Barbie? Oh, girl, I'm team Barbie all the way through. I um, just am so excited for a lighthearted movie. And I'm a big Greta Gerwig fan. So who's the director of Barbie? Um, and I think the screenwriter as well. So I'm going to, I have tickets for Saturday. I'm oh, really excited. Um, I think it's going to be fun going with the girls. How about you? Are you, are you team Barbie as well? Oh, hundred percent. I'm team Barbie all the way though. Oppenheimer looks like a really fascinating film and I'm definitely going to watch it. But if I had to pick, you know, which one to go to first, hundred percent, it's going to be Barbie all the way. So I am really excited for this film. And I have to, one more thing I have to put in here and I'm, I'm probably going to be throwing some shade, but I'm so glad finally that we're going into a summer movie season where it's not all about a Marvel movie. Okay. Like I'm mm. so tired of it. So it's kind of nice to see these things just outside of the Marvel universe, you know, get this attention. Don't you agree? I mean, if you love Marvel, I'm sorry, Jeevan, but yeah, that's just that's just how I feel. No, 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 no. <laughs> I agree. I think it's like they're both they're still big studio movies, right? Like these are really like big production, high budget movies. But it does feel a little different. I think I'm, I agree with you. I'm definitely going to see Oppenheimer at some point. Um, I just think I want to have a little fun first, and then I'll like when I'm ready to like be serious and pensive and like ooh, then I'll like stop and watch oh, I'll get my tickets to Oppenheimer but yeah it is nice seeing something like different things hitting the screen um, I think more diversity on screen is what we're looking for and like the Barbie cast looks really diverse too and like cool like Issa Rae is in it and I love her and like Shuji Gatwa who is also um, just got cast as Doctor Who and is uh, in sex education as well is like a great actor so I'm like excited to see different people hit the screen and like I, I just hope it's fun I think it's going to be a great time. Jeevan, as always, appreciate having you here. You take care. Have a good one. Thanks. Have a good one.